My turn, baby. Mm. Come on, sit down. Come on! We're live. What's up, dude? Let's go. <laughs> Are you like us? You just started up. We're just. I just start. Yeah, I just started up. Just, we're just podding. Yeah, yeah. I'll do a little intro before this. It was really. It was yeah. actually pretty funny. It was like he plays football. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I think he, I was like, I think he has a podcast. <laughs> he plays football. I tackled him right before halftime of our game in Little League. I can't believe you brought that up immediately. It's a funny story. Dude, you know what? You know why it's extra funny? I'm just going to spoil the surprise here. I called your mom yesterday. Why? What would you call my mom for? I said you need to find that footage of me tackling Will. Oh, that is hilarious, dude. You're, who knows if they even have a VCR? She said, that she, <laughs> she said that she had just actually gone through the stuff and had to give it to Cody, you know, your brother, for, for something. So... Um, it sounds, it seems like it's accessible. So I'm going to find it. Yo, that would be hilarious. It's like the only year you played football. Yeah. But I mean, it only took me one year to tackle you. <laughs> it's pretty good considering, I mean, considering your career, like Jesus, what an accomplishment on my part. Uh, I know. Yeah. We are, we going to talk about your drop pass in the rain. Yeah, we can talk about that. We can talk about it all. I figure it's going to be a lot of, I mean, we got so many stories, like too many. I mean, too. Like some I know. I mean, would, we'll just have to make me a regular. Maybe we'd have a segment. I told your mom we might do like a a mom segment where we have our moms on. Oh God, dude! Can you imagine? No, I mean I can just because our moms like love talking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. They would like love talking the whole time. Both of them. Maybe we raised our boys right. Well, we're making fun of them, but. We're the ones sitting here recording ourselves talking to each other on microphones. <laughs> I know, right? I see. I didn't say anything when we first jumped on the call, but I see. I see you plugging your pod there. Just did you, is that your drawing? Did you make that? Oh yeah, the bussin'. <laughs> That's what I have. This is like this is my studio for our podcast. <laughs> I just put it bussin' with the boys since we can't be on the bus. Yeah, dude. But yeah, I, yeah. I, we gotta we gotta plug bussin' with the boys, man. Of course, dude. What's that? Well, here, let's just do a quick update on that. What is going on with the bus? Like, when are you guys have a plan to get back onto the bus sometime soon? Yeah, how, so, you, how are you approaching that? Yeah, so we're getting back on it um, this week, actually. I don't know when this is going to release. But uh, we're getting back on it this week. And we actually have a pod uh, Friday with Dustin Lynch. And um, we'll, hopefully we'll start rolling from there. It's pretty tough. Like, we have – we have like eight weeks until training camp. We'll t- right now we work off schedule of our, how long we have Taylor and we have eight weeks until training camp probably. So in those eight weeks, we got to get in 25 episodes. So, you know, now doing podcasting, like, you know, it's a bit of a grind to backlog people because we backlog our episodes. We have a good amount, but again, like 52 weeks in a year when traveling happens in the early part of the year for us and, it's like you only have certain times you can do it. And then the, the quarantine, we did like we did we didn't know we were gonna be quarantined and stuff this long. And the phases to where it's like real life really won't be real life anymore until like maybe the fall based on data. Gosh, you know what man, I mean? So we didn't yeah, know it's I, like I we didn't know it'd be that long. So it, we had to you gotta like change your entire structure of how you do podcasting because us, 
we have to function in a window of time. We don't yeah, just I like, think, I was thinking about like, all those, I, I didn't even think about all those layers, you know, like what's going to happen, you know, with the NFL in general, I know all that stuff is just, you know, you got, you got leagues, other leagues that are starting up and, you know, and playing and, and making it work. So I'm, I'm assuming, and you know, maybe you can fill us in or fill me in on any of it is, you know, if the NFL, has the NFL made any announcements or anything, they're going to play empty stadiums like some of these sports. Uh, I don't know those details, but I'm confident that the season's going to happen. Um, I just don't know what's going to happen with me yet. So there's like, uh, for those who don't know, I'm a free agent right now and I'm still on the market as a, as an NFL free agent and the second wave of free agency or this other wave. Cause there's a lot of guys on the market right now. There's still a lot of unsigned guys that would usually be signed by now. And um, the hold is the NFL not knowing how, how confident they are that they're going to have a full um, uh, uninterrupted season. So without any hiccups. So for my stance, it's as a free agent, um, I still am in contact with teams um, like the Raiders since I played for them. Like I've been in contact with them and the uh, uh, conversations are always like, how you doing? You staying in shape? Like you're still brought up all the time, blah, 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 this and that. Like, you say this, you know, kind of fill me in on, on their side and they ask how I'm doing and if I'm staying in shape and, uh, the perspective, what do you say? Are you, owners, what's the answer <laughs> for me? Oh, I'm doing great. Life is good. Like I'm the last person you have to worry about because I fucking train and work out all the time. And I, you know, you know, the boy, I, like I'm pretty disciplined, all that stuff. So, you know, that's always the consensus. Like, yo, I'm doing great. I, you staying busy. How are you staying busy? And it's like, I have a podcast check it out subscribe rate five stars and uh it's like with my boy Terry lawan here in nashville so outside of training you know it's it, everything circulated around bus with the boys and building that thing up so i keep busy and yeah i just let them know that i'm not too stressed about it because i know something's gonna work out like i had a good year last year you know what i'm saying yeah dude do you want to so use I mean, this like, do you want to use this opportunity to to just you know put out your resume in case any you know Teams are listening. Is there any like quality? No, I'm just saying for the sake of being signed, I'm in a spot where I'm not too stressed. And from the owner's perspective, because clearly I want to know if like, hey, I wonder if I'll be playing this year, blah, 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 kind of same situations last year. But from the owner's perspective, there's something called paragraph five money. And that's basically your base salary. So since I'm a vested veteran, a vested veteran, you have to be in the league like three years and three games to be credited. So basically your fourth year, you become vested. Basically like you're tenured into all the benefits of the NFL. So as a vested veteran, if I'm on a week one roster, I am guaranteed my salary, my paragraph five salary. If you're not vested and somebody's on a week one roster and week two, they get cut, their salary's gone. Like they just get their one week of pay. For me, if I was on a week one roster and then get cut in week two, then I, since I'm a vested veteran, I am guaranteed the salary that they had signed me for. So if from an owner's perspective, if you're looking at me and wanting to sign me and the NFL is up in the air, you wait until everything is very clear that there's going to be an uninterrupted season. Because the last thing you want is to continue to sign vested veterans. Um, and again, there's a bunch still on the market. The last thing you want to do as an owner is sign vested veterans and not be super confident about this season happening all the way through to where if there was data that came out week three, that we would have to shut down the season or postpone it. Owners would have to pay me my money. So obviously 
a team, the NFL, all of it is an operating business. So you still worry about the bottom line. And if you sign vested veterans, which now our minimums are like, you know, let's just use the example of a million dollars. You don't want to have to pay a vested veteran a million dollars when, you know, you didn't have to or didn't have to yet until you're super certain that the year is going to happen. So until the NFL is super positive that a year is going to happen without any hiccups because there haven't been any offseason, there haven't been any OTAs, no spring ball, nobody's been in the facility. So they don't have data with guys in locker rooms and practicing yet. Once that comes to the surface and people feel good about what's going to happen, that's where I would assume my wave of free agency starts to begin. So it honestly, so we feel like with you and me on here, we have two audiences, people that speak football and then like me that doesn't, it sounds like it's pretty similar that to every like business organization, anybody that's got paying somebody a salary right now or has a contract for like work that yes. might need to be done in the next six months. But like, it's a big question mark. So everybody's having to make, right? Big decisions. And you don't want to bite off too much or make it too big of a commitment too early. Cause the truth is nobody knows. For sure. Like a, a situation with even busing, like we lost a huge sponsor with, um, with Chevy because that was planned to start in May and do this whole thing with Chevy. Right. And it was, <laughs> we were fired up and uh, we just actually lost that. Can you talk, can you talk about it? What do you mean? Your thing with Chevy? Yeah, that's what I'm doing. You mean like, what do you what do you mean talking? Oh, about it seemed like you were breezing over it, like it didn't work out, and I was like, oh, like can you talk well, about details? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, without saying like numbers and stuff like that, right? Um, a deal that we were obviously very satisfied with. We would have had him for 39 weeks. We were gonna do this segment, bussing uh, the boys do LA. So we we're gonna go out in LA. They were gonna sponsor it. Then, like you know, we get a neon sign, and they're basically our premier title sponsor, right? And we lost that the other day because of all this quarantine stuff and up in the air. And the NFL is so unsure right now. They're probably not unsure, but until data allows them to be sure, they're unsure. But their Chevy's now going to shift focus into the MLB since they're coming up with more of a plan. So we lost them. You know, Barstool loses them for the moment. They'll circle back in 2021. But it's like those are the situations that people have to like think about is that bottom line and where spending happens and like furloughing and people losing jobs. And um, yeah, that's where it just like, it's, it just gets wild. dicey. Yeah. Damn dude. Different. We have different lives. We have way, I was saying that to you all the time. It's like, <laughs> Oh yeah. The deal with Chevy fall through. <laughs> well, I had to quit my job last <laughs> week. So. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Uh, talk about quitting your job. We talked about it a little bit on the phone, but I know we uh, we're doing this thing. So I want to know. I want to know more about some nuts and bolts of of you of you quitting your job. Yeah, no, dude, absolutely. And I, I can tell Welcome you to too. Welcome to with the boys. Well, this, this ain't busting with the boys. It's my turn. <laughs> God, no, this title. Why do you, where do you think it came from? Look what I had to grow up with. It's my turn. <laughs> I'm like welcome to bus with boys logan talk to us about quitting your job and i just started interviewing you the whole time <laughs> you're like, thanks for you're like thanks for coming on man i really like uh, really appreciate your time i'm like i had you on <laughs> no dude I, i'll talk about it because i think that this is what a lot of people i'm telling you man a lot of people probably want to hear about this because what i've learned in the last few weeks very minimal just last like three weeks i've had a lot of conversations with colleagues and peers not just in my industry, which is, you know, advertising, marketing, but also people that just have similar, just like, you know, day jobs, office jobs. And it seems like there's so many similarities. And what ended up me making me leave this job, not making me, what led to me leaving this job, 
uh, all of it came down to coming into an environment that, you know, I just wasn't quite ready to come back into with um, not really knowing what's happening with this virus and not really, you know, seeing cases happen kind of somewhat around me in terms of like, you know, one, two people removed. And the, uh, what happened in my situation was a company said, hey, we're going to try to come back into this office and work from here. And I had been working from home. Um, so like, you know, I, did, I, I just wasn't ready to go back in. I, I, you know, I, I, I wanted to continue working from home for the month of June, but that wasn't the, the direction the company was going. And that's okay. You know, they're saying, you know what, we're going to try to get back into a routine, get our office go back going so that like, you know, assuming things go as planned, you know, July rolls around, we're kind of back to somewhat of a normal, but I just didn't feel ready to do that. And honestly, separate from that, you know, I was kind of looking for a change. But what I mean by, you know, being relatable is every conversation I've had with, with similar situations, it was exactly that. It's been like, I, I've had some really, really tough conversations with some people, you know, that I, I'm, you know, I like going out to the bars here in St. Louis and pop around Soulard. Yeah. I know all the bartenders, dude. And you talk about an industry that was affected like day one, you know, oh, like, yeah. day, like day one, bar shut down. You can't go. Like people losing their jobs immediately. And here I am, you know, I got to work for two months. So like, you know, I feel very blessed over here. But I've had bartenders call me and be like, just just to vent and be like, they're asking me to come back in. They're not following any of these protocols that you know are out there, or at least not as well as they should be. Some of these bartenders, you know, they have they have kids, they have families, but like they just don't feel comfortable coming back in. It's just like this weird time of like, am I is going in the right move? Am I, you know, am I am I lazy for not going in? Am I right. like I just feel like legit not safe. Again, this is me more speaking from other people. I, I've already said, you know, I was kind of looking for a change, obviously, to do more stuff like this. Um, but it's been really, really interesting, man. It's like, I think people are just, you know, people just don't really know what to do. And man, as the intensity rises, I feel like people are feeling more and more lost. You know, it's like, where, where, what, what, what's going to happen in the next three months? And, you know, not to, no, we don't have to get into all of it right now, but like, you have, court, you have the quarantine, you have COVID. Now you got, you know, you have the, all these riots and the protesting. It's like, it's I know. Not, not trying to get into all of it, but just to say there's a lot happening. There's a lot going on. And yeah. like me as an individual, just as a human man, I turned 31 on Saturday. Like I, for the first time in my whole life, I have no idea what the world is going to be like for the next 30 years. And it's just, it's a weird, weird time to be making decisions about your career or where you're going to live or, or really anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, Imagine the chapter on 2020 that'll be had in like, you know, in the future, when we look back on this year and it's like, just, it's just, it's just felt like an, his, a historical year, dude. Like we're in oh, June right now. Already. Yeah. Say so it's only six months in. Yeah. We're only six months in, but it's felt like it's crazy that we're in June right now. And we're just now starting to kind of like, you know, be out and about a little bit more, but we've been locked up, you know, for a while. Dude, I know. You know what and, I mean? And, it, and like, and all this it, stuff happens. It, go ahead. The riots and everything, like, uh, like all this stuff that's coming from it, that's coming right after kind of the pandemic or during the pandemic, because the pandemic, you know, it's still seeing, it's still going on, but you kind of like, yo, what's going on with the pandemic now? Like, there's going to be data that'll probably come out in a couple of weeks. You know, hopefully it's like a, a measuring stick for like going back in the economy, right? You know? At least you hope for that. You're like, okay, hopefully, like, hopefully this thing wasn't as serious as we were treating it. But if it is, it's like, uh, oh, serious. I said serious. Um, but if uh, if it is as serious 
as they were portraying that it's like, you know, we're going to have data that puts us back inside. So it's like all of these things. And then like the writing and the reaction right now, like you're taking a lot of people that are very angry and very, you know, just wanting change. Like so there's a movement happening, which is a good thing. Um, and you take all of that and this movement is happening when people's been locked up for a few months. So I feel like there's even more passion and rage and just like, I'm ready to be out of the house mm-hmm. than like you would get in a, in a normal kind of, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to lower the, the grade of the movement. No, you no. I mean? I, like I, people no, are anxious I, we, to be like, exactly. to get out. You know no, what no, I'm we, saying? Me and, the, me and my girlfriend just had the same exact conversation. Um, it was, you know, it's like, man, you know, I, like, again, it's like once something happens oh, again and again and again, people are going to start losing their mind. Well, if you start layering that on top of you've been locked in your house for three months, that's all yeah. we're saying. I hear exactly what you're saying. You're not belittling the movement. Yeah, I'm not it's belittling nothing. About, nothing. I'm just, it's just saying. Like, you. It's like, hey, look at it. Look at this way. I was here when Ferguson and and the Michael Brown and all that happened. I was living here, you know, here in St. Louis, and it was wild, man. Like Ferguson was like cruel, scary, just the city itself. And me and my uh, buddy talked about this just last week. It's, it's like, it was like times a thousand in a shorter amount of time this time around, you know, it just blew up exponentially, like right. literally like a thousand times bigger. Right. No doubt. I mean, cause you still have everybody at home on social, like everyone's still in the routine of like constantly being on their, probably being on their screen, right? Like probably more so than they were in their routine. So you have the movements and everything happening on social, like the blackout Tuesday, you have just so many voices and constant, you can't turn anything on or anything without seeing something going on. And it's like, there's stuff happening and it's all mixed in with like, Oh, let's go. And then if you've been locked up in the house, you're like itching to like get behind or do something. You know yeah. what I mean? I do know it just came in. It's chaos, man. I mean, we can get, we can get into a little bit. I don't know if we want to make this like into a whole political show, but you know, like what the, the I, I like the individual standpoint and like during all this, I used to be, I think, I think I used to be more inclined to be, you know, what's the big picture. How does this affect the world? I, I like thinking like that. I like to think like, how is this positive for the planet? And I feel like there are a lot, but now that I'm living through it and I'm realizing that like, these are like the hardest days you and I have ever seen, you know, in terms of, you know, yeah. 30 years on earth, like these are the hardest days. It is just so convoluted from media, from government to where even local government, it's like, Captain, you don't even know, you don't, you, none of us know who to listen to. No, none of us know what to watch. You know, I could be downstairs watching one news channel on my phone. My girlfriend could be upstairs watching a totally different one. And we, we might think different news happened today. Yeah. You might come and, to each other, Hey, do you see this? And you're just like, what? Yeah. And, and all that to say is like, it's hard for you to make a decision when you just don't feel like you're even educated on what's happening around you. And I think people nowadays are like today feel more like they have to make decisions for themselves more so than they probably ever have before. Like usually you have like a boss that's like leading you in the right direction, or maybe you have a, a great mayor that's been doing a good job. Or if you're lucky, you got a really great president that's doing a good job and just keeping everybody being a leader, you know, real leaders. Yeah. And I feel like there just haven't been like, I feel like some of these governors, man, I feel like they're killing it. You got some real leaders that are stepping up and saying, Hey, we got to move forward, but let's make sure we do it safe. Instead of blaming or pointing the finger, making you think like, well, that's not helpful at all. No doubt. And like, you got to think too, like back in time, there wasn't all of the social media and so so instant, like your phone hung on a wall, you know what I mean? So 
whatever you were digesting in them from the media with whatever the media was given to you you were kind of just blindly kind of believing it or following it because that's really kind of all you knew it's like it's like a it's like a gift and a curse having all of this access because you get to see some real shit that's actually happening but again it's all it can get so diluted and so just misinterpreted because people have agendas and they're constantly putting, it's like the protesting and the rioting right now. It's like, there's so many groups involved in this shit. That's trying to make it all these hidden agendas. You know what I'm saying? Like people are probably paying groups to be somewhere. I know that I'm sure that there's rallies where somebody sent at home. It's like, Oh, this is a way we can get back at the city and the, the, uh, the police community right now by joining this movement because they're going to blame this movement from what we do so we can kind of hide in that audience you know what i'm saying when there's some actually good protesting going on stuff happening things that you like to see but it just gets it gets shitted on because there's so many agendas and so many groups that get involved because they find it as like a front to hide behind so that they can mm-hmm. do the destructive damage. You know what well, I mean? Well, yeah, you're, and you're always the, the human being, right? The human race is a spectrum and you're always going to have every single thing that can happen will happen. You're going to have the people yeah. in there that are out there doing exactly, you know, what you consider right, you know, whatever that is. But then you have the people on the, the other end that are just like, man, there's someone outside over there and I've always wanted to, you know, burn down my neighbor's car. I've always wanted to. Today's a good day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's the chance to do it. Like, that's, I mean, again, that's a real fucking thing, dude. Again, I'm all about the spectrum. I'm not saying one's happening or the other. It's like, there's a spectrum of things going on. And it's like, it's hard to make sense of any of it. <laughs> like there, 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 I read something today. There's, uh, it might have been in St. Louis. It might have been another, I don't know. Let's just combine another one. But there were like setups of pallets of bricks to like throw on the freeway from the bridge. Like pallets set up. And it's just so fuck. It's just so fucking crazy, dude. Can we cuss on this pod? I guess. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we can cuss. We're 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 cussing. <laughs> fuck yeah. Um, yeah, but it, it's just it's just so nuts, man. And it just so many things get lost in translation, and uh, it's like it's just sad. It's just sad that like as we grow up and as we're witnessing this and these harder times that we've we've probably witnessed, you actually get to see kind of some stuff. It's like, man, you gotta be careful, like how you feed your mind because at the end of the day too you got to lay in your own bed and go on about your own daily routine on your own you know what i'm saying yep. like you got to do your own thing like when all of it's said and done and i can get as stressed about it as i want like trying to help change trying to be a good example getting stressed about this that the other for everyone else because i want to do stuff for other people but then when i lay in bed at night like you're still going to think about the own thing, my own things that Will Compton has to get done that I might've missed out on today because I was stressing about something else. Like that priorities in your own life to where no one's really going to help you in those areas except yourself. You know what I mean? Dude, I know exactly what you mean. And it's like time, it's times like that, that I like, you know, that I'm new to having a, a girlfriend, like even having a partner. Like I mean, we just started dating yeah. like six months ago. It's, it's stuff like that, that like, I'm so thankful for her because what you just said, is exact. I told you, you know, get real for a minute. I had some anxiety, you know, here recently, just like building up. And like, I, and I, and I knew that it was like, I felt like I wanted to, I should be doing more. I felt like by not doing more to like help out the, the people at large, whatever it was to play my part, I was feeling like this guilt and it was just stacking up on me. And I was like, I didn't know what to do with it. I was like, I just feel like I'm like, I'm so comfortable in my home. Like we're very, we're very blessed. You know, we got, we got a bed to sleep in and like we live in a quiet neighborhood and so we don't even like see a lot of this stuff in person. And so I'm like, yeah. am I, am I like just blissfully ignorant? And like, is that what's happening? And I was, it, it got to me. 
And she had to sit me down one day, one night, and she said, you know, we got to look out for ourselves too. And like, it's a balance of all things. And we got to make sure that like you're taken care of so you can take care of me. And I got to make sure I'm taken care of so I can take care of you. Like, like you said, we have our own worlds to protect at the end of the day, along with trying to be a good person. Exactly. Exactly. It's like all these things can just happen. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, the mental health discussions come up because people are locked in quarantine. Um, I get, I'll so, test to it, dude. It's had an effect on me. I've never even had anxiety. I've never even yeah. had anxiety. Like my whole life, I've, I've had an easy life. You know, I've had a pretty easy life. <laughs> and, and and like, that's the truth. And like, I, I, I guess I'm sorry for it. But like, at the end of the day, my life is the life I've had. Well, all of a sudden, dude, I'm dealing with stuff that I never even thought would be a question mark. And I didn't know, I've never, didn't know I'd experience as much change. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good point because it's, ultimately like we were saying like you have to take care of your own mental aspect of things too and like you have to be fulfilled in your own life and if you're constantly like being on your phone and being moved emotionally by a lot of things you see and you don't really have a lot of structure around your day already like you're just going to be so wrapped up in the politics and all the shit that goes on because that's actually that's that's why I hate you know, I love speaking out and being a voice and being an example, but you also hate it because ultimately you start to go down a, a hole of politics and agenda because you're trying to listen, you're trying to learn. And politics, it's, it's, it's why I hate getting so involved in it. But it's also like, you know, people get mad at you for not knowing, you know what I mean? Because they say, oh, it's your responsibility. But if you're so wrapped up in those things about what happens and trying to figure out the truth and conspiracies and balance and this and that, like, I just feel like you just get in such a negative headspace because you're trying to solve so many problems in your head that you have no control in solving really like on the big scale. I don't mean that anyway. Like we big all have scale. I know exactly what you mean. Every like, person makes a big impact. Yeah. You're saying, yeah. Right, right, right. Like you're not the one that gets to kind of click it. Like if you're running some video game or some shit. So it's just going to affect you so much mentally that you just feel like, you know, you start to get anxiety built up. So it's like, you've got to have that balance of like getting back in your lane of what you think your lane is. And like, you know, for me, it's like, you know, what are my priorities and making sure I'm hitting on all my priorities throughout my day. Before it's the same I way that you've always, which this is actually going to be a good segue. Cause I want to, I want to, kind of change subjects. I'm going to end this kind of piece we've been talking about. I'm going to quote you because we talked yesterday. I wrote it down and you said, nourishing our own lives is key to being able to serve anything at all. And it was so true. Yeah. Like, it's like, if you, and you've always been great about that. And that's kind of where I want to segue. Cause I'd love, I don't know if you like, if you have a podcast. I'd love to interview you now and talk to you about kind of your career. And I told you, I wanted to touch on this a little bit because it's never been a story that's, I don't feel like been openly told in a long format like this. Yeah. And I'm down. I just, is it, you down with that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, dude, let's travel back in time. And maybe like I'll be one of those podcasters that has like a really good visual. It'll be like a time warp. Like, <laughs> 2008, North County High School, Bonterra, Missouri. It's where we grew up. Senior year, you're getting recruited by by who all? Tell, let's just start with that. You know, like, talk, I wanna, <laughs> by who all? Let's start with that. Who all? Uh, I mean, I remember, I remember Mizzou, uh, Lincoln, first... obviously. The, the Yeah. Yeah, my first offer was Wake Forest and Illinois. And then it seemed like all the Big Ten schools, my only SEC school was really uh, Arkansas. Um, but I got, I got recruited. I mean, you know, you were at a lot of those visits. I was at a lot of them. I was at all of them. I was going to ask you who was at the time. You know, we know what you did. You ended up going to Nebraska. You had a great yeah. career as a Cornhusker. Did you have a favorite recruiting college? 
Did someone uh, like really well, show you a good time? Did some of those players like go above and beyond? And you don't have to get into details, but you know, I always thought about that. There were a few that I wasn't there for, and you came back and you're like, "Yeah, they they really showed me a good time." I was like, "What the hell's that?" He said, "I was playing because I was because I was at home playing Guitar Hero while you were like on some of those trips." Yeah, uh, well, Nebraska, we we they took me to some good parties, stuff that like I could be at because again, you're like 18. Um, <laughs> Illinois was fun. Mizzou was solid, but it was just, I mean, it was, but Mizzou, I want to say they were one of my later visits. So there was a time where, and Notre Dame wanted me to come on an official. And I was just worn out by recruiting by then because it was like exhausting. Like, cause back then they could text you, they could do all that stuff. So they're talking to you all the time, dude. I remember the Iowa, when Iowa was recruiting me, their, their recruiter, wide receiver coach called me at like 3 a.m. in the morning. And I remember texting him the next day, like, hey, coach, I saw that you called. He's like, I just want you to know how bad we want you and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yo, it's three fucking in the morning. And you're a kid. And <laughs> yeah, I'm a, yeah. Like, you know, there's sometimes I couldn't go to those volleyball games and basketball games in the wintertime or like after football season because like you're getting recruited. Like you can't like you're having in-home visits and everything else. So it just kind of wears on you. But like if Notre Dame would have offered out of the gate, I would have been at Notre Dame. You know, growing up, I love Notre I Dame. Remember, like, dude, I remember, dude. I went to I was a fan camps. of Notre Dame because you were a fan of Notre Dame. I was like, man, these guys, look, like, you, your family loved them so much. And I was like, yeah. And then, and then our, we had that, didn't we have a teacher that really loved them? God, yeah. What is her name? She was one of the best. How do she we was not like the, remember? Well, how, your mom's like going to kill us. Your mom's going to kill us. It wasn't Miss Linda. It was uh, nope. Monahan. Yeah, Miss Monahan. Shout out Miss right. Monahan for sure. Yeah, it was her, right? Yeah. She had the convertible. Remember yeah, when she we went to Dairy Queen? Dude, we all right. So let's just we'll give people a little peek. I mean, we went to a small private school. Like, like smallest private school anybody's ever heard of. Probably of all time. I mean, really, like what? So like there were how many grades? Until you know, kindergarten fourth grade. till fourth grade. That's when we left after that. There were like 10 kindergartners. It was like made up of your two brothers, like you know, my my siblings. And then there were like you know, maybe four second graders. <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, there was like 60, 70 total kids in the entire school. I remember one time, I remember, I think his name was uh, James, but it doesn't matter. He was the only fifth grader one year. Yeah, James Whitehead. That was our last year of fourth grade. There were four fourth graders, one fifth grader, and two sixth graders. And we would <laughs> seven people in three grades, all in one class. I remember there was like that those the year or two where like for whatever reason like lunches were a problem like they couldn't like make the lunches, and so we yeah, got so Dairy, we got Queen. Dairy Queen every day. Like they literally brought in Dairy Queen to all of us in bags, and like we get like the toy, and there'd be like a cooler full of dilly bars and ice cream sandwiches, and they're like, take your pick. Yeah, and, and then we would play. We would take those toys and play uh, play for them in our board games like checkers, Stratego. Oh, now I'm Monopoly. talking about this out loud. We were we were so privileged. Jesus. <laughs> I thought we were poor. <laughs> well, who knows what it costed to go there? That's true, dude. But, That's something we're gonna have to ask our parents one day. I know. We'll have to ask them. Because if we if they actually had the money to send us to a good private school, I doubt we would have been in Bonter, Missouri. So funny. That was those were yeah. those were the days, man. Some simpler times. I know. Like, Just to be another like to... white 30-year-old man. Man, those were the days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like trading Pokemon cards and stuff was like all that mattered. And my dad's Pokemon. And playing story. video games, like playing playing Smash Brothers and stuff. Like that's all that mattered, bro. Double those, those are the video games I really loved and knew. That was like that was like my extent of my hardcore 
gaming, you know? Gaming days. Like, because we yeah. would play Goldeneye, like, up all night, you know, play at, like, all big night. tournaments. But then, like, after middle school, like, I kind of started getting away from video games. You guys, like, doubled down. You guys had all the PlayStation, PlayStation 2s, you know, playing all these, like, playing nonstop. Like, I was like, no, it's just not for me. I know, I know. Video gaming is something that's you're still part of my life forever you're still a gamer we talk about it yeah i'm still a gamer i picked it up more so in quarantine i hadn't gamed in over a year before quarantine what are you playing so, see if anybody wants to, is it okay uh, if people find you i mean if people listen they want to add me w comp 51 that's my gamer tag there you go guys find them trash talking <laughs> uh but we've been playing in quarantine when it first started we played like the board game video game so risk we play risk we play like every night. Now we play like Rocket League, but that Rainbow Six Warzone, like we got all those. Nice dude. Yeah. How, uh, how, but to how go, your, to, go ahead. I was gonna say to get back on our, uh, I think we were talking about recruiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get back to it. Because then we talked about Notre Dame. Had Notre Dame would have offered, I would have went there because I remember I went to uh, I went to Notre Dame football camps every year I could. And that was where I wanted to go. So if they would have offered, I would have been there. Well, Rudy. But, yeah, Rudy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out, Rudy. <laughs> you have to do your no free shout outs <laughs> uh, thing. That stupid thing you guys do. For no free shout outs. Yeah. Hey, I love it. It's, I you know, know you, you do. Gotta, you got to ride. You got to ride with that stuff, man. You know I'm not it gonna. It's just not my thing. You know. I'm gonna say something <laughs> like, "All free shout outs." We say that too. <laughs> we, we, we say it all. Because I'm just late to the game. Yeah. So what what ended, uh, up, what ended up changing the decision? Like I forget because you told me during the time, but hell. Uh, uh, Notre, Notre Dame. I was more of like a rebound guy for them, like a rebound girlfriend. Like they literally, I think they said, if guys don't commit at the Army game this weekend, uh, we'll be sending you an offer. And then when they offered me, they wanted me to be fullback at first. They're like, we're gonna have you as an athlete, such a fullback, and if you'd rather play linebacker, you can go there. By that point, I had already had all my offers with linebacker, and I was gung ho about playing linebacker. And it was kind of like, yo, I've tried so fucking hard to be in Notre Dame, like you know, forget you guys. Yep. So I didn't go on their visit and stuff like that. But as far as like stories, like there's no like banger stories because my mom or somebody would always be on the visit. And you know, back then, like we drank and stuff, but I wasn't, I was a pretty, I was a pretty solid, I was a pretty solid cat through my high school years. Yeah, dude, <laughs> Even I college, like I, I, you know, I was pretty disciplined in college too. Like I would drink, but not that heavy. And you know, you know how it is. Yeah. We said, we said, you know, we'll, we'll come back to it but just we said going into high school remember that like it's like we're not gonna we're not gonna drink no drugs you know nothing like that yeah we were no and we did i mean for the most part we had a solid group of friends though we did and and we actually did hold true to like the no drugs part and we barely drank like we like how i bet we could count like on 10 fingers the amount of parties we went to like within like junior to senior year you know yeah i all 10 of them would be at Corey claywell's house a a couple weeks in the summertime (laughs) yeah we had a time during that time i like how we're just ratting out people we went to high school with and they're listening (laughs) what the hell like i mean while we're doing like britney kane she had those dope ass parties yeah yeah yes she did i mean granted you know all these parents just in their defense they a lot of times they did get broken up i mean how many times like they just get broken up out of nowhere and we'd all have to be like running home or your parents come get you your dad at Corey Claywell's that one time. He was so mad. Yeah. <laughs> Our no, friend Matt no. bought us beer and then told on us to your parents yeah. that he bought to it. To my parents. <laughs> Literally bought us beer, bought me and my brother beer. And he's of age, so he uses idea, bought us beer. We go to this party, and I start getting voicemails from my dad, like, get your fucking ass home, like all this stuff. And then we get home, and we figured out Matt Harden, 
I'll call his ass out. Hell yeah. He bought us beer. About and then time. Tells on us. Tells on himself for buying beer for us. So then just, oh, dude, it was like World War Three at the house. My dad was. Dude, your brother, your brother Cody was so, he was so pissed too. He was like, what the hell? Because they were like wrestling yeah, boys, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were boys in the wrestling world. But like our boy Matt bought us beer and then sold us out later that night. It was the fucking, it's like the worst thing to happen. Hilarious, dude. All right, so let's go back to recruiting. So what was it that at the end of the day, remind me and for everybody else that, that made you be a Cornhusker? What was it, like, bottom line, when you made that decision? The coaching staff. I mean, you were there the NFC Championship game. Like, I wanted to go to Mizzou. It was Mizzou or Illinois. And um, they recruited me the hardest. And there's a lot of in-state pressure to go to Mizzou because Mizzou was really good that year. They had the Chase Daniel, Jeremy Macklin. Like, they were solid. Like, they were ranked number one, I think, got beat by Oakland – or not Oakland, Oklahoma Sooners. And um, I had a lot of pressure to go there. And I was pretty much set on picking one of them. And uh, I remember Bo Pelini calls me one day. It was after Mizzou actually visited my mom at her school that she was teaching at. Oh, and, I remember uh, that. Holy shit. Yeah, I was, I was on my way home. Were you with me? I don't think I was with you, but I remember like I remember finding out like right away. Right, right, right. Because we talked. I mean, we were be- we were fucking inseparable. We were with yep. each other all the time. Yeah, I was going with you on all those trips. And, uh, just the other guy, some I, guy that was with you. I know. And then um, Bo calls me. He's like, "Hey, I want to do one one last thing before you make your decision." And I was like, you know, kind of more of a courtesy to say, like, "Yeah, what's up, coach?" Because you don't know what he's gonna do. And uh, he's like, I want to fly my staff out there and watch the NFC Championship with you this Sunday. And I was kind of like annoyed, like, fuck, like another yep. night that wrapped up with coaches, like all these people trying to like manipulate or trying to get you to go to their school. And so since I already said like, yeah, what's up, coach? I'll do something for you. And I, so I committed to that. And then Sunday when the, the championship, NFC Championships get played, like the defensive staff comes in outside of both planning because the head coach couldn't like travel like during within those rules the entire staff comes that night we watch the championship game and you remember it you were there mm-hmm. and we're like coaches like we're in different rooms everybody's vibing like my they're vibing with my parents like there's a room where we are and they're trying they're trying to learn from us how to use the iphone and shit and like video games and like it was like the best night the best evening yep. and then they walked out and i just remember thinking like this is where i want to go i don't know why i didn't i like i don't I'm ignorant for not wanting to go here in the first place. Yep. And that was kind of it, dude. God, that, that place was, kind of, was, that was, that was the turn. That was just, just an outsider looking in, dude. Your days at Nebraska, man, those were. And Eckler had that tattoo of me too. Remember that? Dude. What was, I don't forget the exact details. Was that a real tattoo? It was like a, it was like, no, it was like a three month temporary tattoo, but so it was it looked real. Dude. Coach Eckler. And it had man. like, my name in old English with a skull and crossbones and then black shirts under it. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, like he had that tattoo. He's like, Carl, Carl has one too. You don't want to see where that's at though. But yeah, those are the days, man. And then you, their facilities you and, to Nebraska. Dude, I rode that coattail so hard, man. Coach Eckler, just like. You, you stopped. You should have kept riding. I Well, here we are. You know, I've. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, not for everyone else. Like, you know, he got me you that were set up on the radio. He got me that internship with ESPN radio there in Lincoln at three Eagles communications, you know, shout, yes. shout out three Eagles. Uh, and I was there for like what, 30 days. And I was, I was like, I just don't, you know me, I've just never been like that big of a sports head. And I just, you know, I was helping with that, that stuff. And then right next door was the studio for 106.3 KFRX, the local top 40 station there. 
and I just poked my head in and I owe that all. That was all coach Eckler, dude. It ended up being on the morning show. Sorry. I know intro. you, you met like, Chuck Liddell. You dude, like Chuck skated Liddell. around town. You had like your own personality on the radio. Oh man. That was what, yeah, they, they had me on the, as the intern on the radio show with, you know, it was with Matt McKay and all that, those, those folks and Lindsay and all them. And they had me put on short, like, it's kind of weird looking back at it. I was 18. I was wearing like short <laughs> shorts, like gym, like jean shorts, like a button, like a, like a belly shirt. And they were like, you're going to, you're going to skate on rollerblades, rollerblades downtown. And I was like, it's like five miles. <laughs> <laughs> you were all in though. Hell yeah, dude. That was the best year ever. And, then, and you had the setup at the links. Dude had the, yeah. Working as a leasing agent, had the free apartment. Um, yes. dude, who else did we meet? I mean, we met a bunch of people that year. Uh, Chingy came in. I got to interview him on the morning show. We got to announce yeah. Boys to Men at that late that festival in Lincoln. Like that was like the yeah. wildest day of my life. I was like, is this gonna be my life? But I mean, at the end of the day, I just <laughs> there wasn't a lot of money actually to be made. <laughs> but I would have had way more fun than doing all the other shit I was doing for ten years. But it also <laughs> wouldn't have. You always give me shit about that. You should have kept going. Should have kept going. Yeah, but who who who? Who, who yeah, but I'm saying, like, who knows what would have happened from that? Because we were young, you know what I mean? It's not like we needed to know what our career exactly was going to be at that time. And you had I a wish, setup. I to, wish. Like, you had such a personality, too, to where you were so connected and you would have just done nothing but build on those relationships where you would have figured something out for sure. Well, you remember exactly what happened before I left, right? You always say I got homesick, but you know exactly, you remember what happened. A little bit. You got homesick, but you 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 had that little love bug about you too. You oh, to go that home. too. These these are after. You're talking about things that happened after. I'm talking about when I got fired from the links. Yeah, but you know what did you do? Remember, remember, I was playing pool. Remember who I was playing pool with in the in the pool room? It was me, wasn't it? It was you. So I mean, you got me fired. <laughs> is all I'm saying. <laughs> you made me think it was okay. Bro, it was you like you, no. This you is like, what ran, you like I, ran that I got place? nervous. Yeah, I got nervous dude, about my, my ownership career. shifted. Yeah, ownership shifted. It was they were like they were gonna clean house anyway. It was like their first day. I always played pool in there because it was like nine o'clock at night. Like the leasing office doesn't have anything going on, and like they, they came in yeah. there. Oh, you're you're playing pool. You're fired. I was like, okay, obviously you're a new manager. So it was like it was a brand new like ownership. Even it was like a brand new couple that came in and bought like that franchise, but. To your point, I'll give you, I'll give you credit. Yeah, I was, I felt like I started getting all these weird anxiety thoughts in my head of like, I need to get my career figured out. And for some reason at the time, I must've been something that somebody put in my head, like, oh, you need something that's stable. You know, you need something that's real. And like, and that's when I started thinking about healthcare. And I was like, well, I'll go back and go to college. Trust me, man. I think I don't know that being in broadcast journalism school at, uh, at Lincoln would have been the best, but dude, you know what? Best year of my life. I mean, like in terms of like a young person being 18 to 19, had a fake ID, you know, meeting all those celebrities, partying with you, you guys. Fun too. Yeah. But I still look back at it. I, I look back at it as, a, as, as just a, a, a black, you know, a little segment of light in my life, because honestly the path that I took, I'm really, I am really happy where I am. And, and, you know, I wouldn't, who knows? I might have never met Carrie and it's like, God, to think about that that's so weird yeah i know i mean yeah no doubt i'm just saying you know hindsight i should have tried harder to keep your ass there you were worried about you know you're talking about your dad and shit yeah you should have you know i've always thought that i always like really held that against you. <laughs> like hey you know what this is kind of your fault <laughs> oh dude, yeah, my those, god dude those were the days but yeah that, that was uh those were fun dude Man. um all right well moving on you know i'm interviewing you here so um 
let's talk about let's talk about you and your uh, your lady, and let's just kind of talk about normal day stuff. How are you guys doing in quarantine? Like, are you guys talk? Are you guys seeing friends and stuff at this point? You know, we're at just so when people watch this, it's June yeah, 3rd. yes. Yeah, we see friends now. I mean, it's not like all the time. It's not like we're careless. Like I got, I feel like I got to use those political words. Uh, but you, know, we were quarantined for for a while. I know the first weekend, maybe we went to Michigan and quarantined with like a couple other couples and just played board games when you didn't really know the magnitude of it all. But after that, I mean, we were we were locked in that thing. And you know, it's like March to where it wasn't springtime yet here, so you got a lot of cloudy days. Like it just felt like a pandemic was going on. But we're like, you know, doing in-home workouts. Like she has, she's been working from home. Fortunately, she, I mean, she lost, she teaches bar three, manages two bar three studios. And, um, you know, she did a great job, like transitioning them and helping them like at home office, like with the teams here in Nashville and very involved. Like she's very good at her job. But uh, the only hit she had to take is not teaching more classes, like being in studio because that boutique fit like boutique fitness like that. Like you need like a functioning business, like in person, they did a great job kind of transitioning into the virtual world, zoom all the time. And, uh, but we, we, we've been solid, man. It's been, we were planning our wedding, which is next year. Um, should probably be, I need to be better at planning more. You, you, you well, probably already know all the answers with, if we have hiccups, it's probably my fault. Well, yeah, but you also, uh, I mean, you also have like an extra, like, put it like this, an extra year, right? Because, I mean, you guys were going to, it was originally sure. this year. Yeah, for and, sure. And really I, have other, I have other friends say the exact same thing. Now you're a year out. So in your defense, you got a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we're, we're having fun, man. Like, we got engaged in December, um, right before her birthday, right, at, right after her birthday's December 28th. We got engaged on December 27th. So right after Christmas in that whole season, so. We've been having fun, man. We've been doing the same. We got a puppy waffle right yep. before quarantine, which thank God we got. That dog's she's so fuck. That dog's like, so fucking cute, dude. She's an English bulldog. I know. She's so low maintenance. She's a bulldog, an English bulldog, and she's just like she's been perfect in quarantine, just because, you know, she's not like a high energy dog. Obviously, being a bulldog, she don't. She, it's not like she has to be outside that much. And like it was good to kind of have a puppy to keep us busy, like raising her, like while quarantine was happening. Because, again, for me, I, I do Zoom pods, so I'm upstairs or on my computer playing a game or like doing something to like you know pass time instead of just sitting there mindlessly scrolling on your phone. Um, but we've been we've been strong, man. We're excited for I, we're gonna get married in Big Sky, Montana. So we're we're fucking stoked about that. Am, am I invited? Maybe we'll see. Of course you, you are, dude. Fuck you. Um, yeah, dude, I, I see it. And you got, you meet, you know, we, we try to stay in touch with each other. I know you guys have been grinding, what, but like, I haven't really asked you what, what, what do you guys do for fun? And like the last few weekends, like on Saturday, Sunday, mm. like, like Friday nights, are you guys like changing it up, trying to be out and like, go, like I've been craving, like going to do something. Like, I'm like, we got to get away from this house, you know? Yeah. Uh, we'll go on like walks and stuff. But as far as like, like the last couple weekends and stuff's kind of opened up last weekend, we went to uh, the condo in Destin, Florida. So we enjoyed a few days on the beach in the sand um, and did that ordered in a couple of times, but like, it was just nice, like being somewhere else, driving several hours to go somewhere and kind of getting away. Um, this past weekend, we kind of just chilled. We had a back deck evening. She had a couple of her uh, coworkers over and their significant others or their husbands, husbands and boyfriends. And uh, so we enjoyed like a night on the back deck. Like we've been sitting outside more now that it's getting nice. So we kind of just enjoyed sitting out back and things and we keep ourselves busy. Well, we, I'm sure we'll go on a date or something this weekend. 
No, for sure. I mean, we, we talked about this too. It's just, uh, you know, there's, it's easy to see the negative in everything, you know, you can just look oh, around yeah. and be like, here's the bad and this, but like, you know, from, again, looking at it from the individual standpoint, I mean, we have definitely seen, you know, the silver linings, at least for ourselves, you know, we're realistic about like, it's been kind of nice being at home for two months and like tackling those projects that you've always wanted to do. I saw you bought a lawnmower. I just got mine. I just got, we just got ours last week. Yeah, I actually look forward to mowing that little ass yard now. I'm just no. like, oh, I can't wait to mow that yard. I'm just like, yo, this is it. I'm having fun being an adult. I can't wait to mow the yard next week. Dude, exactly. Me and me and my buddy Adam were talking about that, how like this all started. We all instantly became our dads. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, and you brought up a good point too. Like, uh, so finding the silver lining, like it's so important. It's not that like, yeah, shit sucks, but also like when this happened and started, my mental immediately shifted to, okay, these are the times that like when you read in books about finding the opportunistic periods where people make something in like the great depression and all these low points in history, I'm like, yo, we are about, we, we, we're about to partake in living in this part. Like we're about to go so down and I'm like, all right, where can I find these opportunities to get better at something? or build the brand or take time to actually think about, you know, how I'm going to adapt. Because anytime adversity strikes, like I'm a huge believer in this quote, it's adapt, improvise, overcome. Always like, cause shit's always going to happen to you. And so like when something happens, like I take pride in like internalizing it and thinking, all right, where is my pivot? And it, whether how stressful, hard, anything like once I find the figure out the pivot, I structure out how, what my life might look like surrounding that to get to whatever the next thing may be. And it's like, people always sit back. I feel like whether they're at work anywhere, it's like, man, I just wish the world would be on pause and we would get to be like, we could do nothing. You know what I mean? And I felt like the pandemic provided a few weeks anyway, to where you were locked and like, you were finally getting the time to like, there was no work. There was no nothing. Like you could do whatever you wanted to do. Like people like, I just wish life would pause and we could just like be in the moment, not to worry about going to work tomorrow or going this tomorrow. And I feel like we got that. You know what I mean? Dude, dude yeah, you, let's just put it like with real world examples. You said we had a few weeks. Dude, the reality is it's still happening and we had really three months, you know? Yeah. It's, it was like, it was like I had probably four conferences I was going to have to travel for for work. The guy did at least two weddings, maybe three. I mean, if you count yours, probably three, four. Right. Right. And don't get me wrong. I feel bad for every person that had to cancel something. But like from my perspective, when in the world do three weddings that's on your schedule in the next quarter get canceled? It never happens. Right. When do you get three weekends back? You know, it, it was like we saw that and we were like, you know, we're not going to tell our friends that because we don't want to make them feel bad. But like we're fucking kind of thrilled. You know, we're going we're gonna to use this time. Hell yeah. It's to like, reevalu- reevaluate everything. Yeah, because you every weekend you're usually doing something like uh and you're always like at the end of the weekend like man i just wish we had time to like where it could be a weekend where i just do nothing like nobody can demand anything of me i can't go nowhere and like you want that selfish time to yourself and i've you you if you haven't felt like you've gotten this in the last few months and it you're just gonna still be like the your mind is still gonna be rattled all the time like you gotta find you i feel like people learn about them have gotten to learn a lot about themselves in this time like how they handle bad situations like how they're going to overcome stuff. Like you learn about yourself in the most trying times. And if you feel like you're not learning anything about yourself, then it's like, that's where you got to like actually have a hard conversation with yourself. In my opinion, to where like, yo, if you haven't figured anything out during this, then now you, you have to legit check yourself and be like, yo, I'm, I'm the reason I'm where I'm at. 
because I, I'm, I, I've heard myself blaming all this and that, but that's well, dude, why like three, like three or four years I've been saying, Hey, I'd love to start a podcast. I'd love to start a podcast. I'd love to start like many podcasts. And now it's like, I had to take a look in the mirror and say like, Hey dude, you got nothing but time. So if you're yeah. not going to, if you're not going to do it, like that's you, it, it shows you that like you have to take action and nothing. You can talk all day. This has proven through and through that action does speak louder than words. And if you want something to happen, you had this time to do it. And again, we're not, if you're still working with this, let this be your inspiration. You know, if you're listening to this, like to do something, like take a course. I started taking video editing courses out of nowhere. Cause I was like, I need to know how to do that shit. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You just, you were saying it like, if you haven't figured anything out, like in take take inspiration from this stuff, um, you just truly figure out who you are. Like people who say they don't have time or I can't fit that in, or you're trying to catch up with people or you're trying to like do something and you got to put it on the back burner because you're like, there's just not enough time in the day. Well, now there's been so much time to where your priorities are showing up to you. You just got to see like, hey, you got to have a hard conversation, write out what your priorities have been. And if you haven't accomplished a whole lot during this time, it's like, that's when you got to have, you just got to be so self-aware. It's like one of the biggest, most crucial keys. Like I think characteristics that you can have is self-awareness. Dude, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this. Cause you know, going into this pandemic, like, you, you know, you've had, you haven't, haven't had, have had a great career, not just in football and the NFL, but like your podcast took off so quick, man. And it was so, it's been so great to see, but like going into this, you also had like a pause moment of like, what, you don't know what the next year looks like. You talked about those pivots and those changes in mentality. Or what is there anything different that you're looking at for the next six months that you've said like I do need a uh, change on this this front I need to spend a little more time on this you know are you still kind of in the process of figuring out you know what those buckets are yeah um well I think I'm always in the process of trying to figure it out um books like I'm reading this book called traction right now it's really helping me get my thoughts on paper and like learn how to navigate like operating you know the podcast in a small business sense you got a handy you gotta you give them a shout get that who's it by um i mean if you like it you I'll know it's it, working. i have it with me I, right. it is i love I'll it the book is called traction it's about like it's about like small businesses and organizing and shit like that and creating culture and, and all that fun stuff because i'm trying to be a better leader like with bus with the boys with people that work with us and things like that um i would say that's a good question dude it was a damn good question. I was thinking that right after I said it, I was like, that was a really good question. Like Charles and I, I feel like we've gotten to spend more like time together at the, you know what I mean? Like at the house, like having conversations and um, which sounds small, but I think, you, I mean, you know how it is. You have a significant other, like you're in quarantine with somebody and I'm about to spend the rest of my life with this person. So now's a better measuring stick than ever to figure out like, is this somebody you're going to live with? this is somebody you can live with like this, you know, forever. I don't mean that like a negative, but it's kind of like that test in time. Like now we're in the same room all the time and how we handle navigate conversation and everything like, like that. I feel like that's something that you learn and appreciate at a time like quarantine. Yeah. Um, I'll jump, let me jump in on that. Cause I, I'm really glad you brought that up. It's been like, that has been such an amazing piece of all this, bro. Like, navigating those combos so like i love the real world example stuff that i've lived through and 
I mean, there have been days where I'd be, I'd be so stressed, you know, and I could feel, I could see it on her face. She's stressed too. And, you know, and she'd be like, you doing all right? And I would, I'd say, yeah, you know, I'm doing all right. And later day, I'd be like, Hey, you doing okay, babe? Just checking in. Yeah, she, I'm doing all right. Well then, you know, as this anxiety kind of is happening around me, I realized that a portion of that was, I wasn't always being completely honest, you know, not hiding anything, not like being, you know, mischievous and being like, I'm not going to tell her something, but it was like, I wish I would have said right, at right, that right, moment, right. like, you know what? I am like really feeling it today. You know, I'm feeling like, I'm feeling like the, the pressure. I'm just feeling like I'm, there's so many unknowns. And the moment we started having real dialogue, we went to bed sleeping like a baby. Like we just felt so much better and at peace with our relationship. Um, and it sounds like you guys have experienced the same thing. It's just like, how do you talk to someone when you're with them? Like literally 24 seven. Right. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah. I mean, those, those like deep dialogues and talking stuff out, like, you know, is, is an ally is your friend is beneficial because you're actually saying like, what's on your mind. Like that's something like I can always continue to do better at because I feel like I internalize a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? I'm always like yep. thinking, I'm always like someone who tries to get ahead of whatever I'm feeling or thinking instead of like being in the present thought of what I'm actually feeling. You know what I'm saying? If that, mm -hmm. if that fucking makes any sense. It does, dude. But, uh, Cause I'm, I, I think I'm worse at that than you. You've, you've been good about, I don't know, like you just, you vocalize whatever you need. If, if you want something to happen, you've been good about vocalizing it, working at it and making it work. And me, I've always, I've, I've, I have that internalization problem too of like, oh, well, you know, you're just thinking that or like, oh, everybody thinks that way. You know, you do a lot of that. You do a lot of yeah. like, oh, everybody's thinking that. But the truth is like, you know, once you say something out loud, you either give it power or you make it seem like tangible. You know, right. it's like, I can make that happen really. All of a sudden I'm talking about it and like, all of a sudden you're writing down a list. All of a sudden you got a pen and paper out that's the that's that's really good that's the key dude it's like making the invisible visible because now there's accountability and power in having it out loud or having it in front of you or on paper because that's something you can you can work with now because if it stays invisible in your mind it'll stay suppressed and then you'll just forget about it or it'll come back in a very emotional way to where you really won't know how to express it I'm going to, I'll ask you this. Cause this is just timely. You know, that you're technically, you're technically my third episode ever. And I still have no clue what I'm doing. I'm just here learning and figuring it out with busting with the boys. Was it the same thing? What did you go through that process of like, you obviously had the thought on your mind of, I want to, I want to do a podcast. Like, yeah, can you walk uh, us through like how that happened? How did it come to fruition? Like, really? Like, I love the promo video you guys came out with. And for me, I was like, oh, cool. This is, I'm finally, I'm so glad he's doing this. But I never really yeah. talked to you about how you like planned it out. Um, and we don't yeah, have to get into love, in the weeds, you know. I would love to. Yeah, no, I mean, I love, uh, that's the shit I kind of love. Um, I've, I have it written in my uh, little black notebook that I would journal at when I was on the Redskins. And, um, it was a note written. I was going into 2017 and there was a note in there that I have that I could probably go grab and see, but I go and check on it every now and then, but it's like, be the first NFL player slash coach with a podcast with a million downloads. And I have that written as like a goal. It was like a three year, it was like within a three year goal, I think. Um, because I love podcasting. Like when I was on skins, that's when I really started to pick it up. Like in college, toward the end of my college career, I was really into YouTube videos and listening to like Tony Robbins and, you know, the Eric Thomas and 
all this stuff that just always had my mind going, like, you know, it'd get me on a good path, like a good mental space. So like learning discipline and things of all that nature. And then it transitioned to podcasting when I was in like the NFL, like listening to Joe Rogan's of the world. He's got great stuff on YouTube. Uh, Ben Greenfield for performance and recovery, because obviously then I was very obsessed with being the best linebacker I could be. Um, then I got like Chris D'Elia and then Fire the Kid and then the money, like money podcast, real estate podcasting. Um, and then Titans year happens. It wasn't necessarily a thought. I always thought like I wanted a podcast. I would kind of say it to my boys. And then in the locker room, I hear the, the, with the Titans, you know, I've always thought about doing a podcast. And a couple of my boys, Derek Morgan and uh, Logan Ryan, shout out them. They were like, yo, you should do a podcast. That'd be dope. Like you, you have like good conversation and like, uh, that would be cool if you did that. Like I would listen. And it's like, almost like that's what I needed. Like from my, my peers to say like they would vibe with it. Cause there's always this insecure part of you that like, if you do something outside of football and then you walk in the locker room, you know, that the guys know that you're doing something else. And you just, you just have this insecurity about like walking in the, around the guys and like, you have something else going on. And it's either going to be lame or cool. If it's lame, you just get clowned on and joked on, which you just never want to be in that spot with the boys. But it's like in that moment, I was like, yeah, I do need to figure it out. And then my year with the Titans, um, I was a backup. Fuck, you were in the bar with me. You and Nick were in the bar with me when they drafted Rashawn Evans in the first round after I signed there. And we were kind of like, fuck, this sucks. Because we knew that I probably wasn't going to get to play because he's a first rounder. And you play the first rounder, rightfully so. And so no one really got hurt that year on the we ripped those shot. We ripped those shots. We did rip shots right after that, dude. <laughs> um, and I had that year on the Titans as like a, a backup special teams guy. and didn't really get a chance to play that much because no one got injured. And so I knew going into the next year of free agency, I was going to be an unrestricted free agent, 29 years old, uh, going to be 30. You know, every, every reason that says you're going to be a one-year minimum guy from here on out or your career might be over, but you know, it, all the stuff that I've done, like, it's probably not going to be over, but I'm going to be working on like a one year deal type of thing, being an older guy, like, I'm not going to get I'm going to have a minimum offer. And um, so when I started to realize that in November, December, when I was kind of just, you know, playing, having fun with the boys, but didn't really, you know, feel like you have much invested, like you didn't know if the Titans were going to go to the playoffs or not. And uh, I just started working on real estate, building the vision for podcasts. So that's the same. The next few months is I had bought my first like Airbnb in Nashville. And then like I had wrote out, like journaled and like thought about um, how my podcast is going to look, how it's going to feel, what I want the interview style to be like, what podcasts that I've been inspired by. Like, here's what I want to, here's how I want it to look on social media. Here's how I want it to look from an audio standpoint. Here are the conversations. Here's the access, trying to build that whole mission statement type thing. Right. Didn't really know what I was doing, but I knew I needed to write it all on paper because I'm a big believer in writing shit down and then backtracking from your ultimate goal. So I started to write that and it was called the Den Podcast. Thank God I didn't call it the Den Podcast, but at first it was going to be just me. And uh, it was December. I was going to go do this radio show for the Titans before a game because I remember I was always doing this kind of with Taylor, like, yeah, I'm really going to do this. And he's like, you should. Like, fuck it. Like, you know, start thinking about your pod. And he called and he's like, hey, so you're going to go about this pod, huh? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing it, dude. Like, I'm just, I got to say it. Like, I'm just doing it this off season. He's like, yo, I'll do it with you. Like, we could do it together. And for me, it was like, thank God, because you have a friend that's with you. And 
we had this dynamic that was fun and funny and the dudes love being around it, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so when off season hit, Taylor flies to California and Canada for a few months. So I had to kind of like, hey, how serious are you? Because if you are 100% in, I will wait for you to get back. If not, I need to start doing it now because I need to start putting this together now because I'm interviewing producers. I'm trying to find the team, right? You're like, I'm going, so... Yeah, like, let me know how serious you actually are. And if you are, I will wait for you because that makes me feel better about doing this. Yep. And uh, so waited till April. He came back. We had stuff lined up. I had met with the team Cardboard Production Company at the time, Cardboard Films. And uh, we were trying to find a space. Again, it was still called The Den Podcast. And Juice, our producer from Cardboard Films at the time, we were looking for spaces. And he was like, hey, I don't know if you'll dig this, but there's this bus in the back that's for sale. Have you ever thought about podcasting on a bus? Like you could podcast on a bus. I was like, ah, I think that'll be stupid. Um, but <laughs> I, I was like, uh, I never knew you thought that. Yeah. I was like, this would be dumb. Cause you know me, I'm like, I'm like conservative. Like I always kind of started no first and then find the yes. Well, and I know your style too. You were probably thinking like, you know, podcast studio, nice, clean, crisp place of like, you know, we'll have this yes. good atmosphere. We'll have the scotch out on a table and like, you know, right, right, right. Cause to me it was the den. It's all based around the wolf and like whiskey. And like, I had already had a visual in my mind. So when he brought that up, I was like, no, nah, I mean, I don't see it. Like how, what are we going to get gear on there? You know what I'm saying? Like turn that into an actual studio. It's nowhere like plugins, all that shit. He's like, Oh, sound, like, sound. I'd be thinking like, sound, exactly. And I was like, well, the problem's going to be Taylor's going to get it. He's going to see that. And he's going to love it because I know Taylor and that's like his style. Like just the, like just the vibe of like some finding something, making something out of nothing type of thing, retro beat up, shitty, old school. And of course, Taylor loved it. And he's like, yo, let's do it. And I was like, are you sure, bro? He's like, listen, he's like, let's put, we'll get the bus. I'll put, we'll put a budget to it. It was like $10,000. He's like, I'll put money into the bus. I'll, I know a couple of guys that can probably gut it out, do everything, make it into a studio. We can do soundboards, blah, blah, blah. And they, him and Juice were kind of talking about everything they could do. He's like, we'll do it within, here's the time period. And if it doesn't work, then I'll just have the bus myself because I think the bus is fucking awesome. He's like, I'll just sit in my yard and we can find a studio. And I was like, all right, let's see if it'll work. And sure enough, bro, after a few weeks, these boys, Jeff, Jeff and I forget the other dude's name, but they grinded on this bus, man, and gutted it. Like it was beehives, wasp pipes, everything, bro. It was beat to shit. Doesn't run. And they gutted it and turned it into a studio. And... You know, we are, we're, we are here now. And then we kind of changed the den. Taylor always called it working title. And I'm glad that we didn't call the den. Shout out Taylor for that. Oh, yeah. But uh, he's just, he's I lying. was, yeah, yeah. I was, um, I was on a phone call because I was trying to find help, people to help with the brand and branding and, you know, building that whole brand Bible and having a deck of shit. And I'm learning about all this. I'm like, what the fuck does all this even mean? And then people talk about how super important it is. Like, oh, that is very important. And um, there's this gal, I forget her name, but she was, um, it was like L&L Marketing, maybe out of Chicago. My advisor got me hooked up with her and she was kind of talking. She was like, you should do something around the bus. And we were kind of talking like, should we do the For the Boys thing? Should we do something around that? And Taylor was kind of iffy on that. And so was I. You're kind of like, we did the whole boys thing with the Titans. It's like, you don't want to sit here and try to grab something and for continue to force it with it just being us when it's like it's we made it into a bigger thing 
And um, she had said something like, you should call it like Bussin' with the Boys or something like that. And I just saw, I was like, Bussin' with the Boys sounds kind of cool. Because we we're talking like two boys, one bus, like two peas in a pod, like two boys, mm-hmm. one bus, two boys in a bus, the boys podcast. Like, yeah, all, all, the hang, all the low hanging fruit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, yeah, all the stuff that like makes sense initially. And you're kind of looking like, oh, this is already called that, blah, blah, blah. And then Bussin' with the Boys, I was like, that sounds kind of cool. And I kind of showed it to them. They're like, yeah, I could get on board with that. And Taylor's like, yeah, that could be cool. And then I remember his wife was like, I remember when our, uh, uh, something about like, it was a funny chirp. Like, uh, I remember like you can be dope or it was like, it just chirped it. It chirped the name. It made you think like, Oh, this is a stupid name. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, Oh, I remember when you come up with dope stuff and <laughs> you're just like, fuck. Yeah. You hear one thing. Like, is that it's tainted immediately. Yeah, well, you know how it is. You're creating your own thing right now. You you battle with my turn and like coloring and like it's just it seems like the whole world is focused on you know this. It's like you got to have the most game changing thing because that's the most important part of like what you're thinking at the time. So the any remote like comment about it being lame, you're kind of like oh shit, like okay maybe I gotta think. Crap, of did I mess else. up? Did I mess yeah, up? Yeah, did yeah, we already go? Yeah. Oh, is it too late? Did I? Is this is it over? Right, but Worst we already scenario. started. The, yeah, we started the branding for it. And it was just like, yo, let's roll with this. Like, this is tight. It's simple. Bustin' with the boys. Like, simple little bus logo. All that shit. So, um, now here we are, dude. But that's how it started. And then we did, we backlogged like five episodes. We did like two in the beginning. And we fucking hated them. Like, I was talk, trying to talk to Taylor about a pilot episode. We start a pilot episode. He makes it like a podcast where we're talking about shit that we don't need to talk about. It's like, yo, I just wanted to be a pilot. Like, it's going to be a short few minutes that we're introducing and so why can't it just be a pod and so there's always like that head banging stuff always that people don't know about and especially when you haven't established yourself yet you don't really know you're kind of finding your way about what is your brand you do five episodes we backlog them before we drop our first one and then it's just like facetimes every night do we think this is going to be dope we're sweating like we're on the bus sweating like because you don't have ac oh man and dude you're just grinding this thing and you just don't know if it's going to be cool and then Pro Football Talk grabbed our first podcast. And then people wanted to write about it. So we're like, you know, people kind of like this stuff. And then our dick or cutting off your dick for a Super Bowl. Vrabel said that. And then that kind of went viral for us. Well, and you're uh and you had um you had uh Brendan Schaub on. I think yeah. that's probably one of your probably your biggest. Yeah, first that episode. one was huge. That was a that was a huge stalk the episode where he was coming to Zanies in August and I wasn't in training camp yet. So I was like, yo, let's try to get a hold of him. How did that yeah, how's that happen, man? I've always wondered a, about that. I was doing a podcast with Michael Chandler. He's a MMA fighter. Went to Mizzou, so he knows he knows of Cody. Like they were on the wrestling circuit back in the day. Your brother. And so Michael Chandler shot at him, an awesome dude, man. And he was like, Yo, I could probably get Shaw on. Like I've been on Joe he, Michael Chandler had been on Joe Rogan's podcast. He knows Shaw because Shaw is an MMA fighter to UFC. And um, he's like, yeah, I got Shaw's number. He's like, you want to make a video and send it to him? I was like, yes, dude. And I was like, he, he'll come on the bus. Like when he comes to town for performing at the comedy club at Zanies, this would be perfect. He could come to the bus. And uh, he sent him a video. Hey, Shaw, like uh, he was like, my boy, Comp, I just got on this podcast called Bus with the Boys. Blah, blah, blah. He'd love to have you on. Us three, like he co-hosted with me, Michael Chandler. And um, Shaw came back. What's up, champ? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Let's line it up. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. Because I told Shaw, I'm like, yo, you're in my notebook for putting this together. You're in it. Like, you're written down. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, I, like, look to you guys as, like, an inspiration. Because Fighter and the Kid, all the stuff that he does. Of course, dude. Part of my inspiration for him to start this stuff, too. Those guys are killing it. 
I know. And I was just so appreciative that he came on. And, you know, they say you never want to meet your heroes because you'll be disappointed because, I mean, there's a lot of truth in that. But he's one that, like, I look at, I'm like, yo, he was fucking everything I thought he was. And I always get fired up about it. And because it's not like he had to come to the bus and give us his time. And then afterwards, he's like, hey, I'm dead serious. Whatever you need help with, let me know. Like, use my number. Oh, you man. have it now. And that's when he, so we started getting Showtime talks about bus with the boys going to Showtime or Barstool. That's when all that, and any conversation I had about contracts and when we signed with Barstool, he was always in the know because he mentored me through it all. Because he's like, you guys got something. Like he's like, just a stand up, just a just a stand up dude. Yeah, stand up dude. dude. He's like, if he's like, can this thing drive? If we get to L.A., you know, we get you on with Joe with Joe because obviously he's in the circle with Joe Rogan. Like he's in the circle with Dalil, all those people. So I was so fired up that like, and then I go to his comedy show later that night with Charo. He gets his tickets, and we do that, and then we kind of just keep in touch through text. He shouted Dude. me out. And on you got to be thinking. You like, got to be thinking. Like we grew up together. I know you're thinking. You're like, oh my god. You know, I'm talking to these guys in the circle, and you and I, those guys, dude. That's our humor. Those guys like joke the same way. Yes. They talk about real shit. They like they're no bullshit guys, but they're just authentic, genuine dudes. It seems like. Yes, bro. I, and just from listening to their shit, you know, I don't know any of them. Yeah, and they just talk, like it's just it's just fucking conversation. It's these. You know what I'm saying? It's just. They just talk about whatever. It's not, there's no agenda and subjects all the time. Sometimes they do, but, and they're all regulars on each other's shows. So they do a great job of building it all. And just hearing him reach his, lend a hand and be like, I'm dead ass serious. Like use my number. Like uh, any, anything I can do, like, let me know if you guys come to LA. So when we were going to do LA in the pandemic, before the pandemic came, we're going to go to LA in late March and the boys do LA. And we we're going to get in all these, you know, do some cool shit. But uh, it didn't work out. But anyway, like that's kind of how the bus took off. And then we met with Barstool. We kind of sat tight on, hey, I don't know what's going to happen with football. Uh, I flew to the Saints the next day, literally the day after I met with Barstool. And, um, you know, we were like, we're going to sit tight on what we have episode-wise and kind of build this thing throughout the year and see what it does. And we can circle back as the year goes on and keep in touch. And Barstool did a great job talking with us and communicating with us the whole time. We just thought that was the best move in the offseason to do. And uh, now we're here, bro. But it's like people see it now. And I was talking with my boy Bloss the other day. You know Bloss. Yep. He's like, I was like, dude, we were on the bus. Like, it wasn't dark. Like, we didn't have covers at first. We realized we had to get covers on the bus because it was so fucking hot that we needed to black out the room so we could conserve as much air as possible because we had one AC in there at the time. And it was just for the back. So we're sweating. Like, we're in Nashville, fucking late summer. Like, sweating our balls off trying to run – three podcasts in one day that's how serious like, like and you had, and like with the guests and everything like you guys are just all in yeah there. oh when shaw was on there he was like hey we gotta wrap this thing up i think my man back there he's about to pass out because we had like eight <laughs> people on the bus and we just start dying laughing and he's like yeah i've been hallucinating just like, sweating just because the, the ac went out during that episode <laughs> and like there's just so many things that like at first taylor and i were just gonna do it through the year and then not do it during season and, uh, you know, and just focus on football. And then we kind of thought, like, I got on the phone with Pat McAfee, who's fucking awesome in the circuit, made him, wanted him to mentor us too. And he's like, whatever you're doing, just be consistent. If it's one a week, try your ass off to go one a week. So at that moment, it was like middle of the summer. We switched to like, all right, let's backlog enough to get to make it to the end of the year. Then fucking try it. We didn't have enough, but we leveraged like bye weeks since we were football players. Like, hey, this week's a bye week or hey, this is a holiday week to where we wouldn't run episodes and just focus on old stuff. But 
we made it work, man. It was a fucking grind. There was one week we did 12 podcasts on the bus that week. And it was the Jesus, longest grind dude. because because you can only imagine having this conversation, having our jokes that we know about today, somebody else coming on the bus, and you're still in the same headspace of humor, but you can't continue to recycle the same jokes. You know what I'm saying? And yep. you you can't talk about trendy stuff too much because say you're say say this is a bussing podcast. You would be in August or September somewhere right now. So it's not like we can talk about a whole lot right now that won't be, why are they even talking about this now? Because they've heard it over and over and over and now it's fucking September and they're talking about shit that happened back in July. You know what I mean? So yeah, dude, totally. there's a lot of shit that goes into it. And Man, fortunately, I had no, I, I, I mean, I was, I mean, I, you, you would, you know, you updated me a little bit during the time, but I had not realized, you know, all that stuff about the air and doing like 12 episodes at a time, trying to get your backlog going. Dude, we would be working no on generators, two generators that were smaller generators. We actually have a huge one now that like, you know, powers like a fucking warehouse. But we had smaller ones that would go up, flip or switch and like power would go out sometimes. We'd be like, fuck. Yeah. We would have to go plug into another business that the bus was <laughs> parked by. And it was a business where they had campers. You would set up campers and people would plug in their camper before they went on the road. So sometimes we would get there and have a pod set up, pod set up for one o'clock. And the camper business, the trailer business was like, oh, we, our outlets are being used right now. You can't use them yet because we like made a relationship with them that we could use their out outlets to power our shit on the bus. And so we would have to delay the pod for like a half an hour or an hour. But hey, can we, you, can we go? Are we able to plug in now? He's like, yeah, you should be good to go. You'd have to use the outlet from the fucking building of another business to power what we had going on on the bus that was by a railroad track. And it, I mean... It's so Dude, funny. you know, you know, all that means it is happen. it's a testament to like the people that you surrounded yourself with and the team, like all of you guys making it happen because it looks so good on video. And in, like, at the, like, I remember at the time of the release being, you know, separate from it, you know, I had you, but just seeing it on Instagram the first time, I was like, man, that looks fucking dope. Like that looks so good. You know, like, and like nobody would have known any of that. I had no idea. Yeah. Like the, the idea was always like quality, like yep. sunk probably. <sighs> I don't even want to probably like middle five figures into this thing, middle upper five figures into this thing. And personally, and you're like betting on the idea, right? Cause anytime, like instead of getting like loans or asking for money, cause I don't want to sit there and like Taylor, it's a joke. Look at me fucking sweating. It's like a joke. Um, oh, that I like Taylor, like sponsors the pod and like, he's the, you know, this and that. But if you put it on paper, like I put so much into it because I don't want to, you know, you don't want to seem like you're like legit trying to use your good friend. So I'm like, I'll bet Absolutely. on it because I, you know, because I believe in it. So you're like, you don't want to do it. Start small. Like I want it to be quality. So when people see it, they think like, oh, these boys are put together. But little do they know there's fucking chaos going on to make this shit happen for everybody else. So it is, man. It's like you got to fucking grind. To make that to make that shit look, I'm glad it looks the way it does, but people don't know like all the behind the scenes shit that actually goes down and happens. Dude, I know, I know, like I'm interviewing you and you're giving me these answers, but dude, you're like right now you were speaking to me and it's fucking awesome because like I'm right here in the beginning. I mean, you talk about like using your best friend. Like honestly, dude, I was like, I didn't even ask you at first about coming on here because I was like, you know, I don't want it to be about that. I don't want to be like, I have a friend, so let's just record it. That's why I got two episodes under my belt first. I'm like. I'm figuring out that branding now because dude, I talk about this part. You said you, you wanted a brand at first, 
You know, you want to have a good brand, but like, it's really hard to have a brand if you don't, if you haven't it's even identified, so hard, man. you can't, if you haven't identified who you are yet, you can't be like, oh, this is what my logo should look like. Like I was like, I got to get two episodes on me to know like, what is this show? Like I came up with the title like offhand, but like, I knew there were like three facets to it. Like my turn, like my turn to like do something, my turn into like becoming this person. And like now after talking to you, bro, I think I'm going to have more stories like this. Like people that said like, you know what? It's my turn to fucking try something. So, I mean, you're, you're really helping. Yeah, me, and that's what I'm saying. Like, at first, Taylor and I fought so bad about we don't want to be a football pod. I was kind of the same way, but I'm also, like, I wasn't always in line with that because I'm always thinking, like, most of our friends are football players, but the idea is to get these locker room conversations and conversations that we have on the daily, like on the back deck with a cigar, whether we're in the cold tub, whether we're in the steam room and get them behind a microphone and whether that's football first. And then we branch out like, cause I want to be like a Joe Rogan too. Like you want to have a diversity, like you want to have variety in your conversations. So we would fight a lot of stuff just because you don't necessarily know what the brand is yet. And now I feel like we're getting in a stride of what we want it to look like and building that out because you put stuff out, you get feedback and then, you take that feedback and allow your audience to know that you're on the same journey with you. Like they're building this thing with you. It's not about like getting it to the masses and like law of numbers and shit like that. It's like build like a, that cultish, like for the boys, like people who just want to be about it and continue to sprinkle the, that audience. And, and because that's, that's the audience you, you need your ride or dies. You know what I mean? You're not trying to get yep. numbers. You're not trying to, you're not trying to, uh, um, be like appease everybody because you're not going that's, to. That's got to be that's got to be everybody doing anything. You know, you got if you're yeah. trying to if you're trying to appease everybody, like you need to be in like the top corporate America. Like we're you're trying to be who you are, and like the people that are aligned with that thinking are going to join you and follow you. And it's just about getting your getting out there. You know, I was yeah. Saying, and then once you get that audience and that, you kind of you just you just continue to engage because my thing was I wanted to be high quality. Like on YouTube, I wanted a good YouTube, YouTube quality content. I wanted to be, um, I wanted it to look like the way like Instagrams look for like fighter and the kid and all that stuff. I'm like, I want clips all the time. And I want us to be the most engaging podcast out there, whether or not we are all that it's whatever. But that was like what I wanted to happen because I wanted people to feel like they're accessing, like we were making ourselves so accessible as NFL athletes because they, people put us on this pedestal and it's like the relatability factor I want there mm -hmm. because I want them to think like, yo, you're doing this with us and we're going to constantly talk to you and you're going to give us ideas and we're going to build this thing with you guys. And I think that's what, I think that's where you uh, gain traction is like, you know, having, being with, making it more about more than yourself and more about like more than like the podcast itself. It's like a fucking, I say cult, but it sounds weird. That I say well, that you know much. what, what it is, is it's it, what it is, dude, you, you wouldn't have known about those individuals you were aligned with had you not put out all the episodes and just been yourself and been authentic and, and been your, and like, right. And ask the questions that you're going to ask. Don't have a script that you like looked up online of like good interview questions. You were like, I'm going to put something out there and then, are still happen, you know, and like you got Brendan Shaw yeah. that was like, yeah, I'll, you know what, I will come on because he's probably saw that like this guy is just like a guy out here trying to make it and like just trying to make something good and trying to have good, good conversation. I mean, you guys have done a great job, dude. The pod's so great. 
Um, like I said, I'm not, I've never been the biggest sports guy. So every time, you know, if you got a football player on there, I'm like, well, I'll wait for Instagram to put out that like little 30 second video. <laughs> yeah, 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 no doubt. And then like you decide like, Oh, this is something I just want to listen to all the way through, but no doubt, dude. And it's just been, it's just been fun. And it's like the way Shaw looked at it. I'm sure it's like you, you resonate with an athlete trying to transition into a world that you're transitioned in as well. I want to help that guy. Like for me, I want athletes to see what we do. And if they take inspiration to do their own thing and be like, yo, comp's doing it. And he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit. Like he's doing it, you know, confidently and moving without, you know, building it and showing us the, showing us what it takes to like build something like that. And I want people to be able to be like, I'm going to reach out to Will because he seems like he would help me if I needed a question in that regard. You know well, because of the way people like Brendan Schaub treated you in this industry and brought, you know, had those open discussions, it probably encourages you and motivates you to be like, I need to do the same, like, like pay back to the, to the folks that, you know, are trying to make it. And if someone reaches out, you're probably more inclined to help. Yeah. Like paying it forward. And like when right, an athlete reaches out to me about, Hey, what'd you use here? Like when you ask about equipment, I'm like, I'm fired yeah. up because people identify and like, they respect what you're doing. And their message reaching out is just them showing like, yo, I fuck with what you're doing. Like, can I get some help? And that's like what I, how I want to give back. Like I want to show athletes that you can, you can juggle a couple things. And if you are curious, you need to get curious about stuff outside of football because there's going to be, you're going to have to transition. And, you know, if you have something inside of you that you want to do, but you haven't really found the outlet and you kind of see a couple NFL guys that are doing it and you're like, yo, I can do something now because it seems like they're doing it well. Like, let me reach out and see if I can get some advice. And, but you're right. It's like that whole pay it forward mentality. So I'm going to, it's the same, same track, but I think like the one last, like maybe like the one last thing I want to ask about, not that I'm trying to wrap this up. I'm, I'm still good. If you are, but I wanted to ask about uh, Barstool and a little bit about how it came to be. And you already touched on it, but more so what's it been like working with Barstool sports and like, what's, you know, what's that culture been like and, how has Bustin' and the boys been fitting into that? And kind of what does the future look like for your for your groups? I think uh, I think Barstool is a really good fit for us. I think um, they have a platform where there's no real agenda. And I like that. Like they have, you know, there's arguably controversy out there with Barstool. There's, you know, they do a lot of like giving back. They do, they do everything. But I think the thing is, like I wrote my blog and, there's a part of me that's like, I wonder if my blog will go through because there hasn't been anybody really right yet about it. Um, and they just allow you to use their platform and, you know, use your voice and talent, however you want to do it. Like I'm learning, working with them that, and they're, they live and die by this, but you get out of it what you put in. Like, yeah, they identify you as talent, but they're not there to hold your hand and like elevate you. They will, but you got to learn how to be resourceful within their company. And uh, which I like because, you know, I'm all about like, you know, earning what you getting out of it, what you earn. Um, so it's been fun. But the way it kind of transpired is after I want to say either Vrabel or Ramsey or something, there's quotes because they took co- quotes from us a few times and kind of like minimized the credit and made it seem like it was their thing. And we would chirp them. Um, they reached out to us via DM and was like, hey, would you be willing to talk to us? And it's like, you know, you never want to close any door. So you're like, yes, absolutely. Before we signed with Barstool, Taylor and I were, you know, full of ourselves in a way that's like, we're not going to join anybody. Like when people ask, it's going to be like, no, 
because you just think like you're the shit, right? Well, and you think, uh, well, and also, you know, there's that, but I'm sure you were also just thinking like, this is ours, you know, this is our thing. Yes, 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 for sure. And you just don't, Taylor and I had created something to where we don't necessarily have a boss. Now, now you got to navigate some things because Taylor is the face of a franchise. So you never want to put him in any weird spot, but we have a platform to where we don't really have a boss. Like we get to kind of do it like with each other. Like we get to kind of build this thing on our own. And so Barstow reached out and we we're like, yeah, for sure. Cause again, as a business person, you never want to close any door. And so I kind of get on the phone and I don't really know who Erica Nardini is. And I, I was like, uh, Matt Neely at the time, he like chirped me for not knowing, but it was kind of a good thing because they called, I'm on this three, I'm on this call. And there's like four people. There's like a salesperson gas. Who's like the right hand man at, Barstool. Like over over the phone or like kind of like over this? the phone at first. Okay. This is over the phone. And Erica was on there and I answered, yo, what's up? And uh like, Will, what's up? We have Erica on here. And I thought he said Eric. And I'm like, oh Eric, what's up, man? <laughs> um and, uh like Eric, what's up, bro? And she, oh, it's a girl, uh, or um oh, I'm, I'm I'm a woman or I'm a female. It's Erica. And I was like, oh, super, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I literally thought he said Eric, that's my bad. And she's like, oh, it's good. I might as well be a dude by now anyway, because, you know, for the boys. And she's like, you know, she's funny. Erica's fucking right. awesome. Yeah. And she's like, what are you up to? And I'm like, again, I don't really know who she is. I just thought she might have been a salesperson on there. And little did I know she's the CEO of the company. <laughs> so I guess you weren't following her on, like, you didn't follow her on Instagram or nothing. Yeah, like that. yeah, exactly. I've known about Dave Portnoy and Barstool. Of course, who doesn't know about Barstool? But there's always that part where they're in the news sometimes for things that, like, political stuff where they get chirped or harped on. And um, I didn't follow all their whole crowd. And uh, I'm sitting there and she's like, uh, what are you up to? And I was literally sitting on my couch watching my fish tank screensaver on my TV. And I was like, <laughs> uh, not much of anything. Just kind of sitting here watching my fish on my TV and my, uh, my little fish tank. And she just starts laughing. She's like, cool. And I was like, yeah, not doing, not doing a whole lot of shit. And I'm like, so actually, I'm like so actually what I meant to say was, yeah, actually uh, what I meant to say was doing nothing. <laughs> yeah 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 so i'm not really doing shit and i'm like i'm like legit being myself which i think hindsight is probably the best thing that could happen because i would have probably overthought the situation anyway and she's like so she's like i want to know about busting with the boys so like what are you guys doing like what is blah 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 and what does it look like for you and what do you guys have interest in talking to us more and you know i was like well we're very flattered that you you're interested like that fires us up you guys you know you're one of the best media agency blah, blah you know buildings in the world basically okay. one of the best media's platforms out there and um i was like i'm not you know here's how taylor and i are doing it we're we're not really sure we're building it as we go we just think it's dope because there's nobody out there that's actively that actively plays in the nfl that has a podcast like we're trying to build and we kind of be you know we kind of want to do that and put locker room conversations on the on the mic and really anybody from any industry if they have any type of status or any of that. We just want to bring them on the bus and put them, relate them to the audience, like show people that they're accessing us and doing it with us and talking to these people with us and having a good time and sipping on some whiskey and kind of being casual and not really doing an interview style, but just open conversations. And she was like, we love everything about it. We love your guys' tone. We love your and Taylor's dynamic. We like how you guys talk back and forth and have fun. And like, we would love to pour gasoline on what your, your guys' fire, so to speak. And um, we would love if you guys would talk more with us, blah, blah, blah. You know, we were fired. I was fired up, kind of kept it a slow, a slow tone. I think, just, kind of just and don't lose your train of thought, but I think at that point, 
was I had come to Nashville and we had like gone out for breakfast and you had said like, so-and-so called me and you're like, and you're like, I don't know what's happening yet. I don't know if anything's going to happen. And like, that was the end of it. And you're like, I don't know where we're going to go. It might happen. I'll let you know. And then like, I, I don't was know. that on my birthday? I, yeah, it was the weekend of your birthday when we had that party. I, yeah. Cause I, I, right. I kept stuff close because I never want to, I never want to say it too soon and it not happen and then be disappointed. So I always kind of keep stuff kind of tight or close. And then like with Erica, I didn't want to overexpress how exciting it might be to join with them. Cause again, you're about to enter into negotiations. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm trying to just be appreciative. Like, let me talk, you know, obviously I need to talk with Taylor. He's about to start training camp and we'll, we can go from there. A few days later, I talk with Taylor. We kind of go back and forth. He's might not feel like it's the best move. Same here. You kind of want to say no because it's like empowering to be like, Barstool identified us early. It'd be cool to say no. It'd be like, we said no to Barstool. But, you know, me, I, I do a lot of the work. So it's, we needed to find a way to get infrastructure off of my back because it's time consuming. Mm -hmm. And um, I followed up with them after a couple of days. I said, hey, great conversation. We would love to, we would love to know more. We're very interested in continuing to talk to you. We think it would be best if you fly to us because Taylor's in training camp. I don't know how, what my situation is. I can leave at any point. And if you can shoot us dates to where you can come, uh, you guys should come to Nashville. So kind of be like, Hey, we would love to, but we Put need to be in the report. Right. Feel it, feel each other, see each, get each other's body language, talk to each other, know each other a little more. And we'll see how interested you are if you come to us. So they shot us three dates, boom, within a minute responded, shot us a few dates they can come to us. So it's like, fuck, they're like me, Gaz. Uh, it's like, hey, me and Erica, we're going to come to you guys. And it's like, yo, the CEO is going to fly here. Like, that's when you kind of know it's kind of serious. So they flew to Nashville. And it's funny because the Saints called me that day and wanted me to fly out to do a workout the next morning. I kind of uh, uh, fucking stall. I tell my agent, Hey, tell him I'll fly out early in the morning and I can work out tomorrow. But I got a meeting. I got to be out with Barstool and I want to be there. So when I was actually going to make my move to play football, I kind of put it on hold for a day. And, uh, Eric and Gaz came in, all of us, we sat on, chopped it up. We had our, uh, our advisor there, Ken, shout out Ken. And just to kind of be a fly on the wall for us, we kind of chopped it up. Didn't talk a whole lot about business just kind of told them that we were going to ride the year out and see where we were at and follow up with them as the year goes on. So put it on the shelf. We do our thing. Erica shoots me notes every now and then on through email. And uh, I go to the Raiders, you know, she's fired up about, we're always staying in contact. And then they started negotiating in like November, December through our advisor. And we get on calls where Dave Portnoy's on the phone. You're hearing him. Like everybody's kind of talking about what's going to happen. And it was like the big thing for us, which you've probably heard and seen in the news, podcasting world is owning your IP. And Taylor and I were, we were big on like, Hey, we would be super interested, but you know, we want to own, like we want to own busting with the boys. Like we want this to be our thing. Like nothing's really for sale on us. Like if there's something we can do there, we would love to talk. And like, you know, they were like, if you're, we, we get, you're going to own your IP. You would be our first podcast where you own your IP. And um, because you guys are more put together than anybody we've really found. Usually we find mm -hmm. talent early and they, we bring them on and create it for them. Similar to Caller Daddy, all that Caller Daddy shit going on. And uh, they're like, you know, you guys are obviously way ahead of the curve, but we wouldn't want to lock you guys up long, longer term compared to short term. Cause say we do a year, like everybody else is pitching you, you're going to sit there at a year at the end of putting you in our machine. You're going to have all the leverage and we won't have nothing. So I'm going to die on the hill, like three years, like it's, you know, contract, blah, blah. We went back and forth a few times, but ended up figuring it out. And we're like, we're fired up about the trajectory of it because I think 
an element that we bring that they're like learning about is like, you know, we're trying to figure out how to use them as a resource, work with them, collaborate with different pods and brands in their world and show them like, hey, here's how you need to use us. Because again, we're like the only pod out there where there's active NFL players that have a brand and or a platform like this. Sure. And here's how you guys can use it because it's your benefit because we're the only ones or we're the first. But so that's how that's how that whole that's how that whole world is, man. You're so so relationship so the relationship is strong. It sounds like sounds like the future's still going, and you know, just uh, you know, you and Barstool. Yeah, strong relationship. I, I, I love I love working with them. Again, I think they they just stand for having your own voice. You know what I mean? And even if yeah. it rubs people the wrong way, which they do at times there's a lot of shit that they do well and they do really good and they have the right minds there to navigate that. You know, they brought in Erica who is a, it's a very masculine dominated um, industry, especially in barstool brand. It's a very masculine style brand. And you have this, this woman who this female who beat out like 80 something other people to become the CEO of a male dominated brand, domi- dominated brand. I think the world, I think Erica's super smart. I love listening to her podcast token CEO. I'll shout that out, but just, I love, I love working for them. And again, it just, you just, there's no, there's no real agenda and they let us be ourselves and you don't feel like you have a boss. You know what I mean? Like telling you what to do. It's like you work together and that's, so yeah, I think the. Dude, that's, uh, that's awesome because like, you know, just like Barstool Sports, man, like you're, you're wrapped in that world now, but like from, I've gone through the phases of being like, you know, these guys fucking suck. You know, like I've gone through the phases of being. I know. Yeah. Like and like the and like you know El Presidente. I've gone through the things of like this, this guy's kind of annoying. And then over this past year, and especially during this all this last three months, I have seen exactly what you just said. It's like there's no agenda. <laughs> you know, right. it's just people out like talking their minds and like again. I mean, it's probably subconscious somewhere, but like led me again. That's another one of the many things that led me to being like i'm gonna you know i'm gonna do something because it seems like everybody's going for it there's no like um requirement of of what you're gonna say there's so much shit out there just to say that too you know there's so much crap out there that it is, is my voice really gonna hurt being heard and it would like took me so long to get past that and are still man it seems like that's their mentality it seems like they're all about yeah it's just life. like you you get there and you we're we're like i'm aware that we're nfl guys but everybody there it's like it's like a, a brand for like the common person, like just to, and I don't mean that in like a degrading way or anything like a lower way, but um, like it, it's just a, a bunch of people that have like the same kind of commonalities as everybody else, like what they think, but they say it on a mic and then they brand it really well. They put content out there for people that even if it might be a little testy and stuff, it's like, you know, I wrote that blog and literally that same day, all the higher ups there, everybody in the Barca world is like hitting me up appreciative and wanting to speak on it. Like, you know, doing like standing for that as well. Cause there's, there's people in that, in that workspace that, you know, are black and they want a voice and they want to do everything they can to get that voice and stuff out there. So therefore basically everything, you know what I mean? It's like, and everybody kind of has their lane. It's not like everybody is, everybody is El Presidente. Everybody's Erica. Everybody's me. Everybody's this person. It's like, a community. They just open like. a brand. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's a legitimate community. It's like, if you follow all these different personalities, it's like a group chat on the internet and they just do a great job of working with each other for each other, championing each other while also chirping and having fun. But behind the scenes, you're like, you're, you're building those friendships and relationships. I have, I'm going to say this. 
and you just they just have fun i think they just well then also like there's something to be said about like you and i could sit here and talk till we're blue in the face for two days straight but like if you don't have a you know good presence if you don't video edit if you don't do like some video production on post you know it's gonna look like shit you get is it time is it time are we getting there well i think charles about that to do something what do you it's do, okay baby? i actually i actually got to get running too so maybe this is a good time to to wrap this up all right yeah we probably need to because i've been up here for like a long time all right bro let's just uh let's wrap up with this first of all let me start i'm just to say i thank you so much for coming on man you know i appreciate you i love you and um i know you're busy and i really appreciate it and uh uh i'll let you go ahead and do the podcast thing that everybody always does what do you what do you want to plug will what? <laughs> um well bustin with the boys we're on all platforms what's Subscribe, next rate. what's next for bustin with the boys you know is anything that you want to it's just backlog podcast okay backlog podcast coming out yeah so we're i mean every monday you can find us we drop on audio uh every tuesday is when our youtube comes out follows it but you can follow us bustin wtv we have our youtube channel bustin with the boys and then on you can find us on all pat podcast platforms busting with the boys and again subscribe subscribe and, and be about it man dude all the followers on my instagram that you also know the 1500 people they're gonna love that <laughs> hopefully they all listen no dude seriously i really appreciate you and um you know we'll have to, let's, we'll have to do it again my like you said yeah that's what this is gonna be you know we're this is this was the most fun i've had during quarantine i'll tell you so uh, yeah. we gotta do let's do something again all right brother i love you man I love you too, buddy. I'll talk to you later. All right, see ya. See ya. Oh. Yeah. That's it. My turn, baby. Mm. Come on, sit down. Come on.